Can you just turn to somebody and say, he's awesome? He is awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Dr. Mosier, for opening us up, helping us recognize it is the day we celebrate Pentecost. It is it's on the calendar. Pentecost Sunday. I asked a couple young people the other day, I said, what does Pentecost mean to you? And I got a couple of varying answers, but, you know, one was freedom. And I'm like, absolutely. There's something about Pentecost that is, gives us freedom, empowers us over sin, Right? empowers us to be free to worship, free to honor and glorify him, free to lift up his name, free. Amen? The Lord is good. You know, I believe that sometimes us Christians are a little ADD, aren't we? Friday, we're flying out to Honduras, and in Honduras, man... You might be in the middle of a service and a chicken run through. You might be, you know, there's some sanctified dogs, I believe, in Honduras, man. They, they'll come right up the aisle, and they're like, what in the world? But, you know, sometimes we, we get accustomed, and we have a hard time when things are different. But uh, I just appreciate you guys for staying focused and allowing the Holy Spirit to truly touch you and allowing Him to minister to you this morning. Amen? I'm going to read out of a very common scripture for Pentecost Sunday. Acts chapter 2. Y'all know where that's at? Acts chapter 2. You ready? I'm going to see them Bibles now. I know we got it on the board. Don't get lazy on me. Open that app or grab that Bible out. Amen. When the day of Pentecost had come or had fully manifest or had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, say suddenly, suddenly, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire, distributing themselves or dispersing, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them the utterance. Father, I thank you, God, that you have called us to be your witnesses. And Lord, that calling has not diminished from the time Peter spoke in Acts chapter 2 to today. And I believe, God, that you have given us the anointing. You've given us the tools. You've given us everything we need for righteousness. And I pray that today 
we will be prepared, that we are willing to be equipped to be the vessels that you've called us to be in this latter day season. God, I believe that your return is imminent. I believe it is sooner than we have ever, ever imagined. I pray that we, I believe and pray that we realize that we do not have time to waste. God, help us to be engaging. Help us to be intentional. Help us, Lord, to be submitted, committed, and surrendered to your plan that you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, some believe that the church was born in Pentecost. There's different lines of theology there. Some believe that the church began with Abraham because it was, it was accounted unto him for righteousness before the law was ever given. But we believe that the modern church the church as we call it today was born at Pentecost. What is Pentecost? When I look up Pentecost, you know, we, we as the Christian world look at Pentecost as the moment that this experience took place in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came down and with cloven tongues of fire and rested on each one of them. We believe this moment, uh, Pentecost is the moment that they were empowered by God. They began to speak in other tongues. And what was amazing is, is that to see all these various nations there in Acts chapter 2, hearing them in their own language, we believe this is a, a, a phenomenon of glossolalia, where they were speaking in tongues and all these different nations. They said, how can these Galileans... They understood that they were all the same nation. They were all the same nationality. How could these Galileans be speaking in our language? It's like when I go up to a, uh, a Hispanic these days and I start speaking Spanish to them and they look at me weird. How is this gringo speaking Spanish to me? I'm going to switch over. There we go. And I'm like, well, you know, they said, ¿Cómo puede hablar español? How do you speak Spanish? How do you know Spanish? I said, I've vivido en Honduras por ocho años. Entonces, lo puedo hablarlo. Lived in Honduras for eight years. I mean, I had to eat, right? You learn Spanish not because I wanted to, because I had to. And so... They looked at these guys like, wow, these guys are, I mean, how is it that we as different, they were talking amongst themselves. They were different nationalities standing beside each other. Hey, did you hear what they said? How, can, how is it that we can hear them speaking in our own language and you hear them speaking in your language and, and you hear them speaking in your language? That was, the phen- that was the phenomenon of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the speaking in tongues on that day. We understand that Pentecost, I mean, we're a Pentecostal church, right? Amen. <laughs> but Pentecost, the, the penta means 50. And it's talking about 
50 days after Passover, they had this feast. The feast was given. The feast was a feast of the harvest. The feast was also commonly said that it was the first fruits feast, right? And it is amazing to me to think that Jesus, I mean, aren't you glad he's the Passover lamb? (laughs) He's the Passover lamb. But also to recognize that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. Woo, come on. And how appropriate that on the feast of the first fruits, the first fruit, (laughs) come on, gave a promise that we would receive something from him. What's even great to realize too that this is a harvest festival. And Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. (laughs) Man. And he, on the harvest festival, being Lord of the harvest, empowered the laborers to fulfill his harvest plan, and that is to reap the harvest. Right? Old song says, Son, go bring my children home, for I want them gathered round my throne. It's time to reach the harvest you have sown. Son, go bring my children home. (laughs) Well, guess what? We are a part of his harvest plan. And that's what Pentecost to us is all about. Being a part of his harvest plan. The Lord of the harvest empowered laborers to go plant seed, water, right? Harvest plan. We've got a job to do, don't we? We've got a role to play. And that's why we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Not so that we can enjoy the goosebumps. Woo! Now look, I am Pentecostal, and I have enjoyed my Pentecostal heritage. I've enjoyed the shouting. I've enjoyed the dancing. I've enjoyed the the feeling and the atmosphere transformation when the presence of God flows in. I enjoy being a part of a church a denomination that is that allows the Spirit of God to move. I enjoy being a part of a church that says we are Spirit-led. Amen? Our first priority, let us, in our prayer this morning, as our, as our team leaders met together for, the, for today, the encouragement was, let us be Spirit-led. Let us be led by the presence and power of God, not anything else. Let us not come with our own agendas. Let us not come with our own methodologies and our own ideas of ingenuity, but God, let God have his way because this we are his church. We're his people. And we need to let God move as he chooses to move. Amen. Amen. So we've been empowered by the Lord of the harvest. You know what's crazy is that 
he declares the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And sadly is when you look at our, in, in, the, in the church world today, the laborers are getting fewer and fewer. There's a lot who enjoy, there's a lot who enjoy the preaching of the word. There's a lot who enjoy the proclamation of worship. But in reality, there's not as many engaged in the harvest as God has called us to be engaged in the harvest. Because we're not called to sit on a pew. We're not called to just raise a hand and worship him. We're, not call, we're called to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses wherever we are. Amen? And you're getting quiet on this morning. What in the world? <laughs> Lord, help us, right? God, help us. We as the church need once again an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need once again an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It pains me to see so many struggling, even in the, even in the church world, when we've been given, when we've been given the Holy Spirit to indwell the temple that he has created, and we walk around so broken. We walk around so influenced and affected by the world that we don't allow him to truly bring wholeness and completeness in us. God help us. Amen? We need, once again, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit because we need to draw near to him. We need to allow him to do his work. When I, when I look at this, this passage of scripture, there's a couple things, and, and, and I'm straying, sorry. But there's a, there's a couple things that I believe that we need to identify that allows the presence of God to move in us. Number one, I believe that we need to become obedient to the plan of God. We don't like that we're doing. I mean, it has a root, it's a four-letter word, obey. Man, that's a rough one, isn't it? We don't like it. Automatically, when we feel the urge of somebody trying to make us obey, it automatically brings a rebelliousness in ourself, our flesh, because it's not what we want to do. The enemy has told us for so long you're an individual. You do your own thing. Isn't that what society tells us? You be you. How many times have we said, just, just you do you. You do you, I'll do me. But that's not how God's called us. That's not how God's called us to operate. That's not how God's called us to function. It's not you do you. You do Jesus. Because when you do you, you do it wrong. When we try to do our own thing, me and Jesus got our own thing going. Oh, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry, daughter. If you don't have 
Jesus going on in you and him leading you and you obeying him, then you're not doing what God's called you to do. And Jesus and you don't have their own thing going. Because you're either obedient to the word of God or you're not. You either believe completely that he is God. I, I read in Galatians Wednesday night, we were talking about uh, Galatians chapter 3. And there are those who believe in God, then there's those who believe God. There's a lot of people in the world who believe in God. They believe in a God. They're not atheists. They believe there's a God. But the problem is it's not that you, you can't just believe in a God. You can't believe in God. You have to believe God. Because if you believe God, and because here's, here's, here's the difference. The demons believe in God and they tremble. At least they're smart enough to recognize that he is God and they tremble. There's so many people who believe in God and they're doing their own thing. But when you believe God, you will begin to open yourself up to his plan because you recognize that if he's God, he's a just God and that his promises are true. And if you believe God, then you will follow him because you know that your ultimate end is what he says and not anybody else. And, and, and I know this is unpopular, but the reality is there's a heaven and there's a hell. And, and too many times we've, we've watered down hell to, to, to make it almost a place where people enjoy going. Let's go have a vacation. It's going to be sunny there. But let me tell you something. Guys, God's called us to something greater than this world. It, it strikes me. Very difficult when I hear people who I know aren't living for Jesus who say, well, I just know they're going to go to heaven. And man, I pray they do. I pray they do. I pray that somewhere, some way, they have turned their life to Jesus and they believe God and not just in God. Because it's not just lip service that we have. I mean, the reason that there's a whole lot of people who aren't in church is because people in church have given lip service to God and live something differently. And the world says, well, we can do that. We can do that. Because it's not just lip service. Look, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that knows our Christian lingo. But what does your life say? How does your life display that you are living for Jesus Christ? The Word of God says, bear fruit of repentance. I know we're not saved by works. I get that. We're not saved by any action that we can do. But the action that God did in us should display on the outside. Working on the inside, right? Oh, what a change. It's got to be something that's transformed in us. It's got to be something that's changed in us. We, we don't just get baptized in the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. Because if you're speaking in tongues one minute and you're criticizing and calling people names and, sh come on, right? You can't have clean water coming out and salty, bitter stuff coming out the same mouth. Right? 
You're either filled or you're not. And if you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're overflowing with Him, then you're going to walk in the Spirit, right? And not in the flesh. If you're walking in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes. You won't fulfill those things because you're walking in the Spirit. You've got to allow yourself to be filled. The Word of God says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It has nothing to do with wine. It has something to do with being in control. When you allow the things of this world to control you, you are not controlled by the Spirit of God. Right? We've got to allow the Spirit of the Lord to be the leader of our life. And the only way that happens is when we spend time with Him. If you're not in communion with the Lord, if you're not spending time with Him, how do you know what He's speaking to you? How do you know the truth that He wants to share with you? How do you know that that He's leading you? You've got to spend time. You know, this is what's sad. Some people have replaced the, the, the true prayer and meditation of the Lord with just theology. Did you know that Harvard was a theological school? Some of, these, some of the most liberal institutions in our nation started out as seminaries. I'm not trying to renounce the study of God's word, but remain close to him. Allow him to be the one who illuminates you. Not a, Too many times we're taking what this theologian said, man, that was good, I'll listen to that, right? It's not about what man's interpretation is, it's what the Holy Spirit is teaching us. That's why, look, I encourage you. You've heard me say this even recently. If you're just getting fed on Sunday mornings, you're starving to death. It's got to be a lifestyle of hunger for God. Hunger and righteous. Hunger hunger and thirst for righteousness and you will be filled. If you're hungry, you'll be filled. If you're hungry, this becomes not just a book of theology, but it becomes the living, breathing Word of God that transforms your life, that teaches you all things, that allows you to grow in Him. It is His Word spoken to us to give us life and to give us hope. Thank you, Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit because we need the empowerment of God to live in this day. People are stumbling and struggling because they don't have the power of God to live in this day. Acts chapter 1 and 4 says, says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father, my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Look, we, we get so called up in the, the, the rapid lifestyle that we want God to just do it now, right? The reason I'm not a pianist is because I wanted the gift now. I took about six lessons, thought I should be the greatest pianist. 
And when I wasn't, I said, I'm done. Right? But I think we do the same thing with our Christian life. We, 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 we don't enjoy the process. We don't enjoy the journey. We don't allow God to do his work. Count it all joy. Right? We don't like that. Count it all joy when you fall into different kinds of trials and tribulations. Knowing that these trials and tribulations work in you. Come on. They're for the perfecting. They're, they're working a perfection of faith in you. We don't like that. That's not what we've been taught. That's not what we want. That's not what we expect. But let me encourage you that that band of believers who come together in our early stages of the church of God as the union assembly, when they come together and, and the Holy Spirit came upon them because they were so hungry, they were tired of just living out a bunch of creeds. They were tired of just living out the mundane. They wanted something more. They knew that God had something more than just a couple of songs and a message. They knew that God had something more for them to live out. They knew that God was, God was if they read God's word correctly, there was more for them than just what they were doing. And when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came down and empowered them, they were ridiculed. Even on the day of Pentecost, the, those who experienced this wonderful power and anointing, they were those even in that presence that said, oh, they're just drunk with new wine. They just, they, they've been sipping, they stayed up late sipping on that sweet stuff. Right? There's going to be those who have conflict with the presence of God because you are different. You live out different. You are consecrated to God's purpose and consecrated to God's plan. Young people, listen. It's not going to be easy to live out a life for God. And it's getting harder and harder and harder. We need to shut down the channels of the TV and get into the channel of the presence of God get into his presence and get into his word and allow us to be fed by his presence and word because it is his word that transforms us it is his word that empowers us we need we need once again an outpouring of the Holy Spirit Acts 1 and 8 says but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth Amen? We don't like what the word witness means. The word witness literally comes from the root that means martyr. Where we get our word martyr from. It means that we're sold out. That we, we are completely all in. And you will be those who will completely give yourselves to this purpose. Come on. I mean, I, I look at it this way. When, when the Word of God says, and cloven tongues of fire rest on each one of them, what was, I go back to different experiences in the Old Testament when they begin to pray, and the fire of God came down and consumed the offering off of the altar. The fire of God... 
as it rested on each one of them, is a consumption, right? It's a, it's a touch. Anything that's been touched by fire has been transformed. There was a blacksmith who put a couple of pieces of metal together and he was banging on them and banging on them and banging on them. And then everyone would come together. And he remembered, oh, I forgot the most important ingredient. I had to put them in the fire. And when you put them in the fire and you sat them there for long enough where they literally come out glowing red and he set them back on the anvil and he began to beat them together, they come together in unity. When the fire of God falls and we allow the fire of God to do its work in us, we begin to come as one people, one body. We are no longer individualistic. We are one mind and one accord. We are walking together, walking with the presence and fire of God flowing through us. Let the presence of God consume us once again. God, let us not, let us not abort the mission of your, of your will in our lives. Too many times we come and we lay it at the altar, but whatever happened to grabbing a hold of the horns of the altar, praying through till something happens, till God absolutely manifests himself in us and God touches our life and changes everything. Too many times we come with an agenda. God, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. In reality, we come to God not to change God, but to change us. We come so that God can, can transform our mentality and our perception and that we begin to see the vision of God and not the vision that we want God to see from us. God, help us to allow you to do your work in us. You know what's amazing is, is that we, 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 we consider this almost an external thing. It's kind of like, you know, our bodies are, are, are uniquely made. That no matter if it's 30 degrees outside or if it's 130 degrees outside, our body maintains a, a perfect 98.6, right? It's an amazing organism that God created that, that, he, that we function in such a way that the internal, the internal temperature of our body stays the same no matter what the external looks like. The same is with the Holy Spirit. We as Christians cannot be influenced and affected by the out, outward experiences and the outward effects that are going on around us. That's why the Apostle Paul said that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit resides in us and he is the inward working factor that helps us to be able to overcome the external things that are going around. If you are constantly being affected by the external, then you need to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you to fill you up because it is Him in you working on the outside to allow you to overcome whatever the enemy might throw at you. Amen. I need to close. And I didn't even get to the message. Lord, let it be Jesus. Let it be Jesus. You know, I am going to close. Because I want us to have communion. When you consider that, the Word of God tells us that. This is John 7, 37-39. You guys, I don't think you have this, but Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. But this is meant the Holy Spirit. This he meant by the Holy Spirit. 
whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given. Jesus had not yet been glorified. There's a, a scripture in Jeremiah chapter 2. It says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And I think that too many times we have we're learned to rely on ourselves so much that we come in and we get filled, but our cistern is hand dug. We've developed our own mannerisms and our own ideas. The Bible says it this way, that they will have a, in, they will have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And, and we want the symbolisms. We enjoy the, the symbolic. We enjoy the atmosphere. But are we willing to truly be filled with God? Because the first time we walk out on Monday and Tuesday is we've sprung a leak already. And instead of living out of the outflow and the overflow of the presence of God, we're living in leaking vessels. And God wants us to truly live in the outflow. Allow Him to do the work in us. Allow Him to transform us. Allow Him to overflow in us. And the only way to do that is to allow Him to do His work in us. I, I don't know. I don't know where where you fall this morning. Maybe, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you haven't experienced that presence like you once experienced. Maybe you've never seen the, a move of God in your personal life. Well, I'm here to tell you that the same God who moved in the days right here in Acts chapter 2 is the same God who can move right now. He's the same one, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same one that can equip us today. The same God who consumed the, with fire the sacrifice made. The same God who who recognized these men and women who were in unity together, who were walking in obedience, who came together because they were so hungry for God. And the Lord says, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. And for almost 10 days, these guys were consistently, consistently seeking the face of God. They were consistently in the, in the temple praising and worshiping God because they knew they believed God. And God told them, in just a matter of days, you're going to be endued with power from on high. Wait for it. Wait for it. We get so busy. We get so caught up in, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Do we really tarry in the presence of God? Do we really bask? And really allowing him to do a work in us. Do we, do we allow him to speak into us? Do we, do we get down on our knees or do we have that morning coffee and Bible reading? And, 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 and it's a good time. 
But do we do our little ABC prayer and we'll move on? When do we soak in His presence? When do we just allow the worship music to play and just sit in His presence and say, God, I need you to speak into my spirit today. I can't make it another day. I can't keep on going in this. Look, all the other things are temporary. I mean, whether it be soccer, football, baseball, the boat, the motorcycle, the pool, or whatever, whatever it is, all those things are temporary. But what is eternal? Is our relationship with the Lord. We cannot continue to be mediocre and expect the outpouring of God to do something in us. We cannot expect to be effective in the world if we're not willing to spend time soaking in the presence of God. We're battered. We're wore out. We're bruised up. We're weary. Look, I, I know it. We need a soaking of the presence of God. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. This morning, maybe you're needing some rest. Well, I pray this morning that you'll find some rest in the Holy Spirit. Rest in the Holy Spirit. He's not giving up on you. He's not turned a blind eye to you. He's, he's been there all along. He's waiting on you. to say, here I am, Lord. I'm weak. I'm struggling. I don't have the words to say. I don't have, I don't have the ability to, to do what you call me to do. He said, yes, you finally get it. Come. Come to me. Let me embrace you. Let me hold you. Let me empower you. That's what, this, that's, what, that's what this is all about. Resting in Him. If you say this morning, I need, I need to learn to rest in God. Would you raise your hand? I need to learn to rest in God. Yes. Yes. I'm weary. I'm struggling. I need a move of God in my home. I need a move of God in my family. to hinder anyone and I know what we're doing if you say pastor I need I need somebody to hold my hands up I need some help would you be willing to step out and let us pray with you would you be willing to step out and let us join with you this morning look in Honduras, the water only came to our house one to two days a week. That's all we had water, one to two days a week. So those who didn't have a cistern on those days, that was their washing clothes day. That was their bathing day. 
those who had cisterns guarded those cisterns very intently. And I remember one of the cisterns that we had, the water that came, we were living near a, a city area, and the water that came was, was so nasty that when you turned on the spigot, it would clog the, the spigot up. It was so thick. We had, a, we had a wash machine, believe it or not, and it wasn't just Kim. And we had to literally put a filter in front of the wash machine so that the water passing through would be filtered before it would go into the wash machine. And every time we washed, we had to literally take the filter out, wash the filter to put it back. So dirty. Look, what we ended up having to do is we, we put a foot pump into a, into a cistern that the water would... We wouldn't get the bottom of the water. We'd get the middle of the water. So at least the water didn't have the trash in it. Still wasn't drinkable and still was nasty. In our society, we're receiving such dirty water. It's so, it's horrible. It's junk. It's clogging, it's clogging the pipes of our soul up. And the only answer is to allow the fresh water of the Holy Spirit to cleanse you and wash you. It's to allow the filter, if you will, of the Holy Spirit to guard your heart. And, and the thing is, is that this, one, this filter is not a filter. You just put it in there and say, oh, it's done. I'm good. I have the Holy Spirit. I'm good. Paul encouraged us that be continually filled. In other words, you've got to change that filter out. In other words, you've got to spend time on a regular basis seeking his face. In other words, you've got to allow him to do a daily work in you. It's not a one time and done. It's not a one, an annual revival. It's not a once a month visitation. It has to be a daily work. We allow God daily to do a work in us. Father, I pray, Lord, that if we are relying on a broken cistern, as Jeremiah chapter 2 tells us, and we're leaking out every day, God, that we'll allow you to create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us, that our dependence would not be on ourselves, but our dependence would be on you. God, do your work in us. Transform us. Transform us. Let your light shine in us. Let your word speak to us. Let your spirit teach us. Lord, I pray, Lord, if there's someone in this room that is struggling, they're weary, and your word says, don't grow weary in doing good. Lord, help us to learn to trust in you in those moments. To know that you, oh God, you're in charge. You got us. If we just depend on you. If we just trust in you. Lord, I pray that we'll allow 
the Holy Spirit to be the true filter of our life. Lord, that you are the central part of us. That we surrender to you, Jesus. Empower us. Anoint us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, guys. Yesterday, we had a great group of volunteers to show up and one of the sessions was something that something that we feel could be better within our church and I appreciate all of the openness of that group but one of the key factors one of the key factors was Communication. How many know that communication is always something that we can do better? Right? Communication. The other one was community. Community. And then one other one was integrated ministry. Which to me, once again, deals with community. And the commonality of all of those is communion. Communion is so important. Communion with our brothers and sisters. Communion with the Holy Spirit. Had a great friend, Raymond Hodge. Many of you remember Raymond Hodge. He pastored in this town 10 years at South Haven Church of God. He pastored for a few years at Mountain View Church of God. And his his sister, his sister was uh, an amazing lady, played the piano at South Haven for years. But she had a routine every day. And that routine was she'd get up in the morning and in her prayer time she would break out her saltine crackers and her grape juice and she'd have communion and she said pastor you know what I'm talking about she said pastor sometimes that would be a 10 minute thing she said sometimes I get lost in the presence of God and it would be hours She said, but that communion with the Lord, she says, I never felt like I was missing out on anything. I never felt like I wasn't getting anything done because I knew that if God had me there for that time, then he would redeem whatever I needed to be done. Communion with the Lord is so important. Somebody says, I don't have time to pray. You don't have time not to pray. We don't have time not to commune with the Spirit of the Lord. To teach us. We don't have time not to be a part of the body of Christ. To commune with each other. And I know that we get busy. Ooh. Been reminded of my own words a lot lately. Busy being under Satan's yoke. That I try not to say I'm busy any longer. I don't want to 
be so preoccupied that I can't engage and encounter and have relationship. I want to be available. First, second, third. I want to be available. I need you guys. I need you. And we need each other. I, was, I, enjoy, I enjoy watching the interactions you have on Facebook, the get-togethers some of you post where you're picking and grinning and singing or you're, or you're just enjoying a meal together. I, th- those are encouraging to me because we need that. That is what helps us to, to be stronger. We're stronger together. God's not called us to be individuals. God's called us to be a corporate body of believers working together. There's only one head. He's the head. We're the body. We're fingers and toes. We're arms and legs. We're parts of the body. We need each other. We need to commune with Him. The Holy Spirit, this is what we have to recognize the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I believe that we have some who, who glorify the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit said that I didn't, he didn't come to a test of himself. He come to a test of Jesus, right? And so that's how we know that the Spirit of the Lord is in us because we're a testing of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that, that impacts us affirms us and seals us to the day of redemption. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have drawn us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have filled us. I thank you that you give us the courage and the boldness to live in this world, to be be light in this dark day. And I pray that we will make an intentional effort to draw near to you to allow you to lead us to allow you to do a work in us and today we thank you that that you bring us into communion with our Savior and our Lord and you give us the the anointing to be able to walk out that life for the glory of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Thank you, Jesus, that you offered us this awesome gift. You said that I would not leave you as an orphan. I would not leave you fatherless. But you sent the Holy Spirit to commune with us. And today we thank you, Jesus, for that gift. And we celebrate in this communion you take that piece of bread and would you eat that thank you Jesus for being the first fruits of the resurrection thank you for allowing us the privilege that we in you will also be raised with you to new life 
because of your sacrifice being the lamb, the Passover lamb, the lamb slain from the very foundations of the world, we have the empowering to live a life for you and through you. And we thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Would you take that juice and drink that now? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, may we never forget. May we never forget. May we never forget what you've done for us. May we consistently long after you, Jesus. May we consistently call on you, seek your face. Your word says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Lord, your word also tells us that you want to be found by us. Lord, we today thank you that you've made a way You've made a way that we can find you. You've made a way in the dry places. You've made a way in the desert. You've made a way in the wilderness. And Lord, I pray that we will truly be awakened by your spirit. Lord, that the the church will arise. The church will once again become the passionate vessel that you've called us to be, that we can once again experience and see the outpouring of your Spirit, that we become the witnesses, the all-in vessels to see lives transformed and changed. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He's good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Well, before you roll out of here, would you just take a few minutes and let somebody know you're glad to see them? But before we do that, hold, I want to pray for all of our kids going to youth camp this week, all right? We've got a load of them leaving out in the morning to go to youth camp. Pray for the driver who's driving them that he doesn't go insane. I mean, anyway, Father, I pray for all these kids. Bless them and encourage them, strengthen them. Lord, let this week be a time of revival in our young people. Let them experience once again the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Lord, let them uh, be encouraged by other friends who are there to seeking, the, seeking your face, Lord. Keep them, guard them, protect them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Oh, Billy, come up here. Let's, Billy and I are heading to Honduras on Friday. There, there, there's a group of 14 of us all together, um, but come on, James, come pray for us. Y- y'all join me, okay? Father, we just thank you for this opportunity, Father. Um, um, the, the harvest is ripe and the, the workers are few, Father, but I know that you're preparing a way, Father, and, and pre- Soften hearts already in Honduras, Father, that, that 
that they would be receptive to, to seeing God in a new way and being touched by God in a new way. And Father, we're, we're expecting, we're expecting great things to happen, Father. We just pray for protection, Father. We, we bind any demonic spirit that would try to halter anything. You are powerless by the blood of Jesus. These two men are covered by the blood of Jesus. Their homes are covered by the blood of Jesus, Father. Father, we're walking out in obedience because we love you, Father. Father, we just, we just, uh, we just want to please you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. God bless you guys. Remember Wednesday night, Galatians, Kim Dyer.